0: Good morning everybody. Let's all stand to our feet. We uh, prepare our hearts for worship, prepare our hearts to hear from the Lord. We've got more coming up here in just a bit, but let's go ahead and uh, jump right into worship. Here we go.
1: We sing Jesus, made it all all to you, my own. Sin had left a crimson stain, he washed it white as snow. Good
2: morning. Uh, first of all, for those of you that don't know me, I'm Trey Normans, my wife Morgan, we're the missions coordinators here. Uh, we want to thank you for coming in and worshiping up with us today, uh, here in person and on the live stream. I'm just up here to tell you a few things about how everything is going to go today. Uh, we're excited about give to go we've been talking about it for weeks. Uh, so what we're going to do today is we're going if to, you're, if you're willing and you're able, we're going to financially give towards our missions fund for the next year Uh, This is going to give us the opportunity to reach our local community here. It's going to give us an opportunity to do missions training for us in the church to get us ready to go out and do God's work. It's also going to, give me just a second, it's going to offset the cost of the 2022 missions trips because it's pretty hard for us to travel right now. So we're going to go ahead and plan for offsetting for next year for international missions trips. And it's also going to help us give to those that are already out in the missions fields. Doing what they're doing, helping them financially if, if we can. Uh, there's going to be two way, three ways to give. You're gonna, you should have, you should have got an envelope, it says give to go on it. Put a check or cash in there. We're gonna be able to drop those off at, in the blue bucket at the end of service, and then Gage if you want to put those other two up. Oh, they're back here. You can text seven three two five six ll. LLBC East is seven three two five six, or you can give on our website lindsaylandeast.org, But you got to make sure you do the drop down for East Give to Go. We're super excited about what God's going to do today. Before we get continued with worship, oh, one more thing: if you if you can't give today, you weren't you weren't prepared or something happened. We're always going to have those envelopes at Next Steps, and you can still give online after today. Okay, I'm going to say a quick prayer before we continue with worship. Let's pray. Father God, we just pray over this offering today. We pray over uh, Give to Go Sunday. We pray for the message that he's going to bring to just kind of open us up on uh, what our plan is going forth in the future uh, to do your mission, Lord. Father, we pray that our our hearts and minds are open up to uh, just sharing your glory, sharing your name here in our community, with ourselves, and with, with the nations. Father, I pray if somebody come in, came in here today and they don't know you i pray they leave changed and renewed uh, be with us for the rest of worship forgive us where we fail you it's in your son's name amen
0: i share in a first service i'll share here <clears throat> one of the cool parts about being a small church here in harvest with a global impact that's pretty awesome and that we have an opportunity to to give toward that financially so as we continue in worship continue to be in prayer about that how the lord would uh have you to bless others uh through your giving here we go
1: Cause he lives. i
0: Gracious Father, we praise and thank you for Jesus. We worship his name. We just thank you so much for this opportunity. We have to to be a part of your work here in this place. Whether it be through global missions or or local or regional, God, you have a plan. And uh, we thank you so much for allowing us to be a part of that plan. God, that you're in control of all of it. God, we're so thankful for this church family and their willingness to give and to go um, to the ends of the earth that this small church in Harvest Alabama has, has been around the world um, ministering to places like Nepal God, we just pray that as a church we can, we can unite as, a, as one body towards a common goal so that we can see lives changed for your, for your kingdom through the gospel. Fathers, we open your word today as we study and we see the importance of this mission, God. I pray that we would not leave this place the same, that your word would transform our hearts, transform our minds, renew our minds so that we can do your will we can offer our bodies as living sacrifices holy and pleasing to god and make that our our act of worship father we pray over heath as he brings this message god i know this is a message that's close to his heart that uh this man's heart for missions both local and global is uh, very special and i just pray that you would speak through him today give him your your words to speak today to your people God, we love you and we praise you for Jesus. In His name, Amen.
3: Amen. Amen. You guys have a seat. Thank you for being here this morning. It's so good to see you on this gift to go Sunday. Uh, we do pray that you've prayerfully considered uh, what you could give uh, today to help us help us accomplish this together this year. But hey, if this is your first time worshiping with us you get a pass today, just throw that envelope away. We're not asking you to do anything today. In fact, the opposite. We actually have a gift we want to give you today as a gift um, at Next Steps. If you'll take the card from the back of the seat in front of you, uh, put some information on there, drop it by Next Steps. We've actually got a Lindsay Laney's T-shirt that we'd love to give you. Today, Miss Vicky's sporting one of those right here. And uh, so we would love to give you uh, that, but also just some information about our church. But um, We're thankful that you are here worshiping with us um, uh, I love playing games with my kids. Uh, I love playing games with my kids. Uh, last night we played this game called Quarkle, which is kind of like, uh, uh, what is it? Like, uh, help me, Scrabble, but with shapes. Anyway, it's worth checking out. Um, we found it at a yard sale for 50 cents. But uh, but also, Daniel's discovered this new game. Uh, it's not new. I played it when I was a kid too, but where you have a ton of dots uh in rows and columns on a sheet of paper and then you take turns drawing lines connecting two of the dots the goal is to draw, fill in little squares right uh, playing with a five-year-old's a lot of fun because he stinks at it um but uh but, but anyway and I, and I smoke him but we don't we don't show a lot of grace in our family when it comes to games um but he uh he we, we played it but he, the deal was is daniel would start off here and he would connect a line and then he would jump up here in this corner, and he would connect a line, and then he would jump down here, he' connect a line, or he would connect three lines, and then just like, what am I left to do? I fill in the fourth one and I get the point, and he doesn't get jack right like I don't know why he didn't understand that at five years old, right? I'm just kidding um but we did we 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 played that game the other day, and we had a lot of fun with it, but the we were playing two different ways. We were playing the game. We we're both playing the same game. We were playing it two different ways. I was playing with strategy. Daniel was just playing. And my fear is that we as churches have taken the call of missions to to be a game that we just play. And we don't do it with strategy. And for me. Now, as your pastor, I can say that this is probably how I've existed as a minister of the gospel in churches for the last how many ever years? I've been in ministry 11 years now. But like, I want that to change. I think the key difference for us moving forward has got to be strategy in our missions. Oftentimes we play we, we do missions more like Daniel plays this game. We go to a place for a couple of years. We have some fun. There's some good sightseeing around there. And then we go out west for a year or two until we get bored with that. And then we go overseas because that's what real Christians do, right? And then we do that for a little while, then we come back home. We go to 10 different places over 10 years, and we look back over 10 years of missions work. What do we have to show for it except stamps and collector spoons that we got along the way? Spoons? anybody collect spoons? anybody? anybody know what I'm talking about when I say collecting spoons? Thank you, Beth Ann. I needed somebody in the first service. There's nobody in the first service. They all just looked at me like I was goofy. Anyway, um, or the pennies that you can crush in the machine and it puts a little thing on there. Anyway, thank you, Jeff, in the back. All right. But I think that's how we do it, right? We we just we just want to. It's it's more about us than it is about the mission. And I want us to have clarity and direction and purpose behind what we do. Today I want to look at a passage um, I believe that sums up everything we're about as uh, uh, as Christians and as a church. And so I want to show you, um, today we're going to look at two mission distinctives for us going forward. And honestly, if you'll just catch those two, the rest of it, where I'm okay with you sleeping through. If it's sleepy and you want to sleep, sleep through the rest of it. Catch the first two, though, because those are going to be, these are, these are very important things for us to understand. So turn with me to, to Matthew chapter 28. That's where we'll start. We're going to be a lot of different places today because we're, we're looking more holistically at um, the call of missions and not just at a particular passage. So in this moment, Jesus has already died on the cross. He's been raised up to new life, and he has spent uh, several days with his disciples praying, preparing them for the moment that he would head back to the right hand of the Father and be seated there. Um, until he comes again. And so that this is, this is one last goodbye before he ascends. It's Matthew 28. The words of Jesus are recorded in Matthew this way. And Jesus came near and said to them, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, of the Son, of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe everything I have commanded you, And remember, I am with you always to the end of the age. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for this great commission. God, I pray that today uh, you'd help us to understand the ways that we need to be applying this great commission to what you've called us to do here and around the world. God, give us clarity of mind today. Teach us to know you and be with us. In Jesus' name, amen. So again, before we get to the mission strategy, the three-part stool of our mission strategy that we're going to look at, I want to share these these mission distinctives, okay? Um, this is the first one. So if you're, if you're a note taker, please jot these down. Missions is part of discipleship. That's the first one. There's a major, major misconception that missions is for super Christians. Right? It's why whenever we plan a mission trip, what's in your mind? Ah, uh, somebody needs to go on that, but it ain't me. Because you always think, I, there's always, there's somebody more mature than me there's somebody more prepared there's somebody that can do this or there's somebody else we should be doing those things but it shouldn't be me and but what I, what i what i want yes the great commission was given to what we could consider super christians the apostles who walked with jesus and saw him resurrected and had a conversation with him right like that's that's true but throughout the book of acts which is the rest of the story after jesus what we see most of it centered around are not super christians what we see is the Great Commission being carried out by normal Christians. Paul, Paul was—you could consider Paul a super Christian if you want, like somebody who really experienced Christ on the road to Damascus. But Paul was sent out of a church in Antioch, a church called Antioch, which became the church planting hub of the known world, and they sent Paul out to go plant churches. But guess what? Paul found on the way, like he's going into these places where man, we're going to go, we're going to share the gospel, we're going to plant a church here. But guess what he found? A church. He found people already gathering together to worship. How? Because a a bunch of non-super Christians had carried the gospel, shared it with their friends and neighbors, and started meeting together and worshiping. And it probably came about from Acts 2, where uh, the uh, Pentecost, where um, uh, the after that, 3,000 people are baptized, and you know, saved and baptized. And some of those people went home. We know that more than likely. Some people had to go home for whatever reason, and they carried the gospel with them. A little bit later, uh, there's a lot of persecution that begins to happen in Jerusalem, and the church has to spread out from there. And so whatever reason, why, whatever reason they were spread out from Jerusalem, we know that the church spread not only on the backs of, of the apostles, but on the backs of normal people just like you and me. These normal people telling others what God had done. It's an—it's a wild idea, isn't it? If we're going to do something great here at East, we've got to have the mentality that missions is for all of us. Now, I'm not saying a two-week-long, hardcore climbing mountains to reach people. You know what I mean? Like, that may not be for some of you. I get that. But we will have missions this year, just like we've had this year for everyone. And we've got to have the distinctive that every single person who calls these home will engage in missions this year with the church. It may be something that we're doing at our local school. It could be serving at the House of Harvest, or it could be going overseas and doing something wild and crazy for the glory of God. Either way, we've got to have this mentality that this is on all of us. It's not just on some of us. And here's why. Missions is not the outcome of your discipleship. I think that's what a lot of people view it as. When I get mature, then I'll share my faith. Then I'll go on a mission trip. If you're waiting for that, it's never going to happen. Because missions, as we just said, is part of your discipleship. And what that means is that you'll never reach maturity if you don't go on missions. (laughs) You see, missions is not part of our discipleship. It is integral to it. Don't wait to get mature. You'll you'll get mature as you go on mission. So we want many of you who have never gone on mission to go this year, to do something that we're doing to engage with us. This past year, 488 people, not individuals, but over all of our trips, when we added up all the numbers, 488 people engaging other people with the gospel, serving our community or whatever we ask them to do, being on mission this year. So we do a church year thing. If you're not familiar with that, we don't do January to December. So our numbers that we present are like September to the next August. And I know that's weird. It was based on when we actually used to start school in September, which some of y'all like, remember that? It's not been in my lifetime. We keep bagging it up and bagging it up. But there was a day that's where church year came from. But anyway, um, so 488 people from last September through this August were engaging in mission efforts in our community and wherever else we went, and so it was great. But I want to see 488. It needs to be a lot higher than that, and so we're gonna we're gonna be working on that. We're gonna be we believe that God wants us to do so much more this year. So missions is part of discipleship, not the outcome of it. Also, distinctive number two, missions is joining God at work, and this is gonna be the key. This is going to, what's gonna fuel our strategy. Okay. We don't believe that uh, Trey and Morgan. You met Trey earlier. He came on stage. Uh, Great job, Trey! Give it up for Trey. Trey was so nervous, y'all. He does not like being up in front of the group. In fact, he doesn't like us all looking at him and clapping right now. But anyway, uh, Trey came up and he he shared some of that with you. Trey and Morgan are our uh, missions coordinators, and um, and they don't. They along with us, like we don't get to just cherry pick what we want to do. Like get on, like search mission partners and just click on one and go that's where we're going that's not what we're doing it's not what we believe we're supposed to do i believe as your pastor that missions is simply about finding what god is already doing and what god already has proven that he believes we need to do and joining him in it i read this week it's a good quote if you're if you're a quote person the one who is always working speaking of god the one who is always working invites us To join him in his work. I love that. I love that. As a church going forward. We want to ask the question. What does God care about? What missions is God on record. For blessing. What types of things. That's where we want to start. So that's where our mission strategy comes in. Looking at God's word. What we see is people. Taking the great commission. And applying it to what they feel like God wants them to do. It's not just about making disciples. It is, but we're taking the making disciples piece and we're looking at it. And, and I believe there are a lot of different ways that we see in the, in, the, in the book of Acts and the New Testament, but I believe there are at least three ways that seem to bring God glory in every situation and ways that God seems to bless in special ways. And so these are going to be the three legs of our stool if you like a visual. All right. uh, so let's look at those. Uh, first thing is this. Uh, the first thing God blesses is engaging our community. Seven years ago, God saw fit to plant a wild-eyed 28, 930 I don't know how old he is. A plant, a wild-eyed pastor from a youth pastor who's living in Owens 25 minutes from his home in a small but growing community called Harvest. Right on the line of Limestone in Madison County. The wild-eyed guys, Andy John, if you've been around longer. That's what I was talking about. Not wide-eyed, wild-eyed. Okay? Um, and so only God knew what the last seven years, what, only God knew what the last seven years, the, the houses that that we have seen built in a very small radius of this place, <laughs> In the last seven years, nobody would have predicted. But here we are, all that's happened in the last seven years. Here we are, still meeting, still worshiping, still reaching new people. A lot of faces have changed. You new people, you don't realize this. A lot of faces have changed in this building, including your staff. The church staff has changed tremendously. Your volunteer leaders look differently. And with all that change, why are we still here? Let's look at this first. I want to look at another passage of Scripture, and then we'll, we'll look at it. But Acts two forty six and 47. This is speaking of those 3,000 that were saved and baptized at that, at that festival of Pentecost. Every day, it says about this group, they devoted themselves to meeting together in the temple. They broke bread from house to house. They ate their food with joyful and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. Every day, the Lord added to their number those who were being saved. Do you notice it? What was so unique about these people was that they were enjoying the favor of all the people. That's not speaking of the church, okay? They is the church. We're enjoying the favor of all the people or the people around the church, their community. The people, these 3,000 who were gathered together, doing life together, these people were enjoying the favor of everyone around them. It was clear that the early church, through simple, loving engagement, had gained the favor of their community. And what was the outcome of God's perspective? Every day the Lord added to their number those who were being saved. That's good. So why is he still here? That's the question we're dealing with. Why are we still here? I believe, why have we have, why, why we have survived a difficult pastor transition during an international COVID craziness, How have, why have we done this? I believe it's because God wants us here, earning the favor of our community. I believe that's why we're here. God wants us here today for the same reason he planted us here seven years ago with 20 people, to engage this community. Our community looks very different than it did seven years ago. We now really sit between several really growing communities. We've got, to, we've, got, we've got subdivisions sprouting up all over the Limestone County side and the Madison County side and more coming up in the future. Now more than ever, we've got to define our circle of influence. It doesn't mean that we won't do things outside that circle, but we've got to start doing more things here in Harvest and down the road in the Creekside community. This has got to be the home base for most of our missional engagement. Now what does that mean? I don't know. Next point. Just kidding. Um, I don't know yet. We're still praying through it, but I know it's going to mean intentional fun days in neighborhoods with blow-ups and ice cream and inviting people. It's going to mean going off-site for worship services to places that that they're more comfortable going so that they can meet us and we can engage them with the gospel and then try to invite them in. It's going to be door-to-door putting hangers on doors and flyers in neighborhoods and in clubhouses and porch visits, everybody's favorite. Alan, our North Campus pastor over in Elmont, I'll talk about him in in a moment, but uh, he says something really cool about their community that I would love for us to be able to say over ours. Alan says it's one of their goals as a church to make it hard to go to hell in Elmont. Like what a word to be said, right? Man, what 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 a word to be said. If we could, could exist in such a way here in Harvest, that man, it's hard not to know Jesus and love him because of that crazy bunch of Christians over at that church. They're always doing something. I don't yet know everything that that entails, but it's going to be fun as we figure it out along the way. Focusing in on this area. It's a changing area. Homes are everywhere. But we've got to start strategic outreaches, strategic actions, in strategic places, okay, for the sake of the gospel. So here's the deal. I know we're a, uh, you know, we, we like to have fun and joke around here. We're not like a high church kind of environment. <laughs> Y'all know that or not. Um, but one of the things that we like to do, uh, that I like to do from time to time, is some responsive reading, responsive things okay so if that's weird for you then you don't have to say anything but i believe it's important so i'm gonna ask three questions today through this message and if you believe in it and you agree to it then you can say we do if you're new here don't worry about it like if you're a first-time guest you can just listen to us okay but here's the first question do you commit to engage our community with us to see the glory of god in us our neighbors and the nations thank you it so they said it in the first service too so that was good all right i put it in here and i didn't know if anybody would say it i hope you you're catching the vision okay so that's the first engage our community second thing if you're a note taker planting new churches paul is well known in the bible as a church planter but here do you know that god never said paul go plant churches he never did you know what Paul was doing? Paul was taking the Great Commission and applying it as best he knew how. And for him, that meant planting churches. And what did we see God do? Blessing the fire out of it. This is uh, Acts 14. After Paul and his team had preached the gospel in that town and made many disciples, they returned to Lystra, Iconium, and to Antioch, strengthening the disciples. Okay? by encouraging them to continue in the faith and by telling them it's necessary for us to go through many hardships to enter the kingdom of God. The last verse, when they had appointed elders for them in every church and prayed with fasting, they committed them to the Lord in whom they had believed. Paul's team would preach the gospel and see God change lives. And then if they didn't do it then, they would cycle back through those cities and then gather the church together, the Christians who had accepted him. And said, all right, now, if you're going to grow, and if you're going to do what God's called you to do, we need somebody to lead this sucker. And Paul uses the term elder. There's three, three terms in the New Testament used for church leaders. Just pick one. We prefer pastor, but there's three that are in there. Um, but he uses the term elder here. Don't be weirded out by that. He just means church leader. And he says, if, if you're going to grow, if you let a coworker to Christ tomorrow Hopefully, one of the first three things you would tell them is you need to be in a church. But don't just go home and not have a church family. You've got Christ now. You need to read your word. You need to pray. And you need to find a local church that you can begin to grow in. That's what every new believer here and around the world needs. The problem is, is that there are some places where there aren't churches or there aren't good churches. In some unreached people, in unreached areas, there literally are no churches. Right, like, just there aren't any, and I know you can't imagine that, because you passed six on the way here. But like, that's the case. However, here in the United States, I will argue till I'm blue in the face that we need more church plants. We need more cha- church plants in Limestone County. Invite me to lunch if you want, but I'm gonna win the argument because what we have are people coming to know Christ. we don't have churches that are intentionally making those people a part of what they're doing whether that's ethnic issues whether that's uh just uh upbringing the way that they were raised like there a lot of traditional stuff gets tied in with the gospel and hinders us from having healthy churches and so we've got to be willing to plant churches with the intentionality that we're going to be for these people. There are people coming to know Christ that don't have a church that's, that's engaging people like them. In both of those situations, whether it's overseas or right here, we believe it's the desire of God to see thriving churches in that community that will be there for people like them. And so we want to join God on His mission. If that's God's desire, then He's already at work there. So one of the ways we're praying currently as a church is for a church plant that we can partner with, that we can engage with on, our, on an ongoing basis, just to, that's trying to get off the ground. Right now in our, so the Alabama Baptist State Board of Missions, which is like all the, the Southern Baptist churches in, in Alabama, they are, have been for years working hard to see new churches planted in strategic locations. And right now we have eight guys that just graduated our church planting intense, intense, intense training. I'm talking about if they survived it, it's good because it's hard. And they've just come out of that. These eight guys are now going to be sent out to strategic locations to plant churches, gospel works. And so we want to pray, God, would one of those eight be somebody that you would have us partner with? So I want to try to get to know those guys, try to figure out who is it, what locations are they going to, what needs do they have. Our hope is that we'd be able to provide much-needed man labor and helping them with big outreach events or something similar where they're going to be short on volunteers. You know how you do a VBS in a neighborhood when you only have 15 people in your church? Hard. It's, it's tough. But what we can do is go partner with them and we can provide the man labor to be there and put their church shirt on, not a Lindsay Linnie shirt, and we can help them. We can go knock on doors in their neighborhood and help them get established there. And also, there's a little bit of a selfishness to it. I hope we can learn more about what church planting looks like so that we can do it in the future from us, that we can send a team out to go plant a church somewhere, uh, wherever God lays it on our heart. East is getting to the age where we, we're starting to lose our church plant name, right? Like after seven and a half years, uh, we're starting to get to the point where maybe we can just call ourselves a church plant. We're becoming more established in our community. But what I don't want is for us to forget how we got here and to lose the fun, community-engaging attitude that a church plant brings. That's what got us here, and the moment we abandon it, God forbid, let's let, well, anyway, I'm going to get in trouble. But let's, like, we can't get that way. We can't get to the place where we're expecting people to come to us instead of us going to them. And so if we, I think, my, my hope is that as we engage and help a church planter, there will be a little help for us to remind us of what it looks like to engage our community as well. Being around church plants, I believe, will help that. And we need to be reminded as well because it's, it's the it's the vision and the passion of your church staff, and I'm not just speaking of us as Lindsay Lane East, but as Lindsay Lane Baptist Church, to see more campuses planted in our area this is something we've been talking a lot about meetings after meetings after meetings after meetings it's like government work patrick we just meet and meet it's good it is i'm just kidding because we got a lot of details to work out but but I'm, I'm excited to be able to share with you just some of the things. Not don't expect a great detail, but like I'm going to share with you. We're sharing this today at all three campuses. I want to share with you some answers to what this is going to look like in the future. If you don't know, we have a north campus in Elkmont that just celebrated their second birthday, two years. And God is doing exactly what we thought he would do there. Me and a buddy of mine started praying Six to eight years ago, I can't even remember how long, six to eight years ago, we sat in Elkmont and prayed that God would plant a gospel work in Elkmont. Now, I didn't know I wouldn't get to take part in it, but it was cool. And then, uh, But now to be at Lindsay Lane East and be able to be now partners with Island and Elkmont, we, we, we were praying then that God would have a simple strategy church, a church that's doing simple things well and loving its community, And we knew, me and my buddy that we're praying, we knew God's going to blow this thing up. And he has. They're busting at the seams. And for years, this is what we've been praying for, and now it's happening. And so if you don't know this, um, they were planted as a campus of Lindsay Lane with the help of some church planting entities that provided some funds. The reason they were able to do that is because the intention of North from the very beginning was to get to a sustainable level financially, And that in a few years after that, they would roll off, rebrand, and become no longer a campus of Lindsay Lane, but a church by itself. Still partnering with us in some really cool ways. But being that, and we're excited to say that North has absolutely blown all the standard numbers we read at the beginning out of the water. And they're almost to a point where we can start talking timelines. Now, we're still talking years out. But they are now—they what we are now considering a launch campus, okay? We didn't have that terminology, but this is a campus that we started with the intention of launching them out as their own church. So that's terminology you're going to hear in the future. It's exciting to see what God had put before our church leadership coming to fruition. Again, it's going to take a few years, but we're going to get there. Now, I know very few of you have been, along, been around long enough to know firsthand that this church, this campus was not planted that way. That was not our intention from the very beginning. Uh, we, were, we were what we're now calling a local campus, a campus that's going to be planted for the sole purpose of staying connected to uh, the entire organization. So uh, some of you may have been around long enough to know that, but there was never any intention of us rolling off, rebranding, or becoming on our own church. And here's what I'm going to say. I've never been more confident than I am right now to know that that's exactly what we need to do. And I want to share with you why. Um, our plan for the foreseeable future will be to remain a local campus of Lindsay Lane. Uh, Andy John, who is the teaching pastor at the main campus, is also who we call our lead pastor. Don't be weirded out by that terminology. He's your pastor's pastor. That's what you need to think about, okay? He's, he's the one who is casting vision for me as I cast vision to you. He believes God will multiply Lindsay Lane into more campuses in the coming years in strategic locations in and around Limestone County and the surrounding area. The reason this is so exciting to me is that we are going to be part of that. Now, the future campuses will not be plants out of our main campus alone. They will be planted strategically through a partnership between the main campus in Athens and us here in Harvest. We will have, uh, I don't know if we'll remain a, a local campus forever, but Andy John and I have great confidence that because of our culture here at East and the simple strategies that we, that we apply here, East is going to be a great resource as we plant these new churches. Now, what this means is that we will be praying intently uh, for these campuses, for, for buildings that may uh, secure facilities, right? Um, we're going to be, some of, even some of the mission offering that we're doing right now, we may wind up contributing some of that in the, in the coming years to some of these new church plants. But the main thing we're going to be praying about as a campus now is, to in, is intently for God to call up pastors for these plants. See, we can send 30 people to a community right now But just as Paul did, if there's not an elder among them, it's not going to be good. So we 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 want God to call up pastors from our churches right now. From this campus, the main campus, and even the north campus while they're part of us. We want God to call up pastors from among us so that we don't have to hire from the outside. and They don't have to get weirdos like me. Thank you for not saying amen. So... This is what we're going to be doing. But also, this is where the river meets the road. It also may mean that some of you will go. Right now, our footprint of our church goes out 30 minutes in four different directions. Did you all know that? Four different directions. We got people coming from all compass points to this church, which is awesome. But... If we are planting closer to your home in the future, we may approach you about praying and being a part of one of those. And don't think we're trying to get rid of you. Unless it's the Hermans, then we probably are. <laughs> <laughs> but we may approach you about pray about, about praying about being a part of one of these. But don't let your mind wander. We don't have points on the ca- on the. So I know some of you are thinking, "What you doing, buddy?" What community are you talking about? We literally, there's a blank. My brain is blank right now. Read my mind right now. There's nothing. We're still praying through that, okay? But we just want—I want you to know—we believe this is a cool deal. Amen. This is cool, and so we're, we're excited about it. We want God to continue not to spread the name of Lindsey Lane. It's not what this is about. It's about spreading the name of Christ to communities and planning a gospel work there that can be strategic and simple and reach its community. So let me ask you a question number two. Do you commit to help us plant campuses and churches to see the glory of God in us, our neighbors, and the nations? The last thing is this, uh, reaching the unreached. Now, if you're not familiar with the term, Uh, for a group, a people group, which is a a group of people that are settled around um, like ethnic, language, cultural background, okay? For a people group to be considered unreached, 2% or less of their population has to claim Christianity. Now, there's a lot of them, okay? I don't have the numbers in front of me. We'll talk about it here in a second, but it's a lot, okay? Okay? We've got to find ways to engage those people groups, okay? So let me, let me share the scripture with you, just as hopefully you don't need this reminder, but here it is, Revelation 7, 9 through 12. After this, I looked, and there was a vast multitude from every tribe or every nation, tribe, people, and language, which no one could number, standing before the throne and before the Lamb. They were clothed in white robes with palm branches in their hands. And they cried out in a loud voice, "'Salvation belongs to our God "'who is seated on the throne and to the Lamb.' "'All the angels stood around the throne, "'and along with the elders and the four living creatures, "'they fell face down before the throne "'and worshiped God, saying, "'Amen, blessing and honor and wisdom "'and thanksgiving and honor, "'whoops, Blessing blessing and glory and wisdom "'and thanksgiving and honor and power and strength "'be to our God forever and ever, amen.'" What we see here is that God is pulling back the curtain for John to see something. This is not a lesson in Revelation, but there's two different ways people look at Revelation. Okay? Either you think the images that we're seeing in Revelation are real, like literal, and you really are gonna, there's really going to be a seven-headed beast kind of thing, right? So get ready for that. Or there are people that believe that a seven-headed beast is an, is, is imagery to define something else. Okay. And I'm not saying either one is right, but let's talk about it. If it's literal, this is a cool vision. Like if, if John was literally seeing something that will happen in the future, what do we see? People from every nation, language, tribe, tongue, like they're all gathered at the throne. And so if it, if, if revelation is to be read literally, that will happen one day, which means we need to engage him. We need to be there. Because guess what? Right now, there aren't Christians in every people, nation, tribe, and tongue. Okay? So we got work to do. If Revelation is not meant to be literal, and this is imagery that's teaching us something about God, what is it teaching us? God loves all nations, and we need to reach them anyway. So it don't matter how you view Revelation. The point is the same. If we are supposed to take on the heart of God, we must be among the nations, and we must be reaching them. got off my notes so let me speak uh, so everybody in the room when I start talking about missions if you're passionate about missions you lean one of two ways you either lean towards man we need more I hope that y'all use every dime of the money that we're given right here in this community because I got neighbors that need to know Jesus this community is lost we got issue we got stuff going on I agree with you you know that I actually agree with you that we need to spend a lot of this money here however there's some of y'all I'll step on this side. There's some of y'all on the opposite side. And you're like, if we don't use every dime of this money overseas to reach unreached people group, then we're wasting time. Because they're over there and they don't know the name of Jesus and they have yet to even hear the name by which they should be saved. You know what? I agree with that too. So I'm going to stand right here and finish the rest of my message because I'm between them. Because we're going to do both. I believe that's what God's called us to do. I believe that's what we're called to do. But I've got to speak to this for a moment. We cannot be okay with the last thing I said. We can't be okay with billions, y'all, with a B. You hearing me? Billions of people who have yet to hear the name of Jesus. We can't be okay with that. We cannot just reach our neighbors and forget them. We can't. Because guess what? Their neighbor's not going to share the gospel with them. There's not another church, another work. There's not anything going on. Now, just to speak theologically for a moment, man rejects God by his very nature. I know that. But I want these people to know that Christ laid down his life for them. And if they remain in rejection to Christ, that is heartbreaking. But, church, it is much more heartbreaking to think about that they have yet to hear the name of the one who died for them. We will begin to prayerfully consider what we can do to see one people group moved out of this category. And if you think that's too low, then let's do 15. I don't care. But like if I die, if I die, whenever that is, and I can look back and through the ministry of Lindsay Lane East, we saw one people group that we were focused on. Moved out of that category. I'm good, baby. I'm good. I can die with a smile on my face knowing that we've done what God has called us to do for the nations. And I think by God's grace... We will. We can't do everything for all of them, but we can do something for some of them. Right now, travel is difficult, uh, more difficult than usual, so we're looking at other areas. I don't know if you know this or not, but there are unreached people groups in the United States. Um, and that's difficult to think about because 2%, of, 2% or less of them have to be, have to not, right? So it's a big deal. And some of that, um, honestly, our deaf population, I didn't talk about this in the first service, but our deaf population is considered an unreached people group by a lot of numbers because there's not enough work going on towards them. But another thing that's happening is people are coming in droves to this country from these areas. Church, I mean, I, you may have a political stance on it. That's fine, but you can't, you can't, you can't look at this and see that there are people groups in the Middle East in. The countries we can't even get into to share the gospel, they're coming into our country and they're in Nashville, y'all. Nashville, right? So, again, I don't know how, you, however you view it politically is fine, but we got to. All the politics ends where the gospel begins, and so while they're here, we are going to engage them with the gospel, and we're going to love them. And we're going to do. Here's the deal: there are organizations that are trying to now. Uh, to, to do something in the midst of these large populations of mo- unreached Muslims. We would love to be right there along with them, ministering with the gospel, learning about their culture so that one day maybe God would send us right into the middle of them over there in Middle East and do the same thing. We don't know what God has for our future. But however, these people, they need prayer. They need uh, Bibles in their own language. Right? Like we need all We need these things. So let me ask you, question number three, do you commit to help reach the unreached to see the glory of God in us, our neighbors, and the nations? Now, I don't know what 2022 has in store for us as a church. I know 2020 and 2021 were a train wreck in a lot of ways in the world around us. However, 2022, I would love to be looking back on this time next year and just in awe of what God has done through the mission efforts locally, regionally, and globally today we're taking up this offering that's going to help fuel a lot of these ideas that we're talking about engaging our community planning churches and, and reaching the unreached and so today you can give that can be a way that you worship today is giving to that just use the envelope um, that you got when you came in if you didn't get in if you didn't get one there's some at next steps you're welcome to do that but more than that we ask you to pray especially during this time of response. Pray for the offering we're collecting today. If you want to hold this envelope, even if yours is empty, that's fine. But hold that envelope as a symbol of God bless this offering before us today. I pray that, um, I ask that you also pray for wisdom as we're still nailing down exactly what this looks like. I hope you see that we take these decisions seriously and we're not just willy-nilly picking stuff off the internet. And lastly, I ask that you pray and commit to God now to join him on mission in this coming church year. Either whatever this looks like, however it plays out for you, and whatever parts you're able to take, will you just commit during this time of prayer to God whatever, whatever it is. This song of response is is an opportunity for you to talk to God in these ways or respond by talking to us about next steps that may be on your heart, um, I'm going to be down front, as always. I'll stand down here, and after a little bit of the song, I'm going to slide to the front row. Um, we'll also have counselor, uh, decision counselors by the back door, because here's the deal. The reason we do all this is not to expand the name of Lindsay Lane, but because Christ died for us. Christ died for us, and today, if you've never trusted in Jesus as your Savior, 27 years ago, my father showed me how I could trust in Jesus, and I'd love to take what he told me and share it with you today. Our decision counselors would love to do the same. If you'd rather go sit down somewhere without a bunch of eyes on you, you can go back to our decision counselors, and they'll lead you to a room and have a conversation with you and help you see this. Whatever decision God's laid on your heart, that's what we want to help you do today. I'm going to say we're a prayer. We're all going to stand, sing, respond, pray. The altar will be open if you want to come and pray for our church too. Father, we thank you so much, God, for your love. Um, God, we're thankful for the opportunity we have to take the gospel uh, to the places that you lay before us. And God, I, I pray that you'd help us as a church. Give us clarity and wisdom going forward. God, give us vision and direction. We love you, God, and we thank you for this time. Uh, stirring our hearts to the things we need to do. In Jesus' name, amen. God, let's stand.
1: Jesus, you are...
4: Can have a seat really quick. Um, when Heath asked me to come to this church as associate pastor, he told me a lot of things, and, and him having a heart for mission and planting church is the big reason I come. Uh, he didn't tell me he had a spoon collection. I would have had to think about it. Anyway, a spoon collection. We're going to talk about it tomorrow. Uh, today is our give to go offering. Uh, you can put it, make sure you put it in an envelope if you want to go to that. Uh, make sure you put it in those give-to-go envelopes. Drop them in the blue bucket on your way out. Uh, the question has been asked already, can we give through the year? Absolutely. There's a drop-down tab on our online giving. We'll have these envelopes around. The reason today was so important uh, is because we can plan. We'll know what we have up front and uh, so we can plan going forward. So that was why the push was for a big day today. But, yes, those options are available all year uh, to continue to contribute for that. Uh, and then we still have our general often the blue bucket. We still have online giving options and our um, text to give, and then, y'all, this week, whew, got two letters in the mail. So, you can always send it in the mail. I, I put those checks on top. And then, um, today, at 4 o'clock, we have a senior adult game day. Uh, I'm just going to take a bullet right quick for that. Um, if you did not get an invite for that, and you're like, you know what, I'm a senior adult, and I'm mad, just send me Kenny at LindseyLane.org. And tell me, I want to be on your senior adult list. Because some people that were teetering the line a little bit, I played it safe. There's no way I'm sending that. Like, yeah. I'm not identifying you as a senior adult. You will. And so I sent that list out to Miss Judy. So if you didn't get an invite, that's not her fault. That's my fault. So you can change that. Only you can make yourself a senior citizen. So just send me that email. But today... We have a game day at four o'clock. If you got an invite, you know about that at Miss Judy's today. We're going to have a great time. Um, and then last but not least, Lions Farms tickets are available. Miss Judy? Anyone can come though today at four o'clock at Miss Judy's house. Um, everyone has officially been invited. Thank you. You got me off the hook. So <laughs> Lions Farms tickets are in the lobby for sale. And speaking of Lions Farms, we have a quick video and I'm sorry.